Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the brand new Fat Muscle Project podcast. I'm John Gorman, your host. I've got Jason Wells in the house. Jason, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Oh, good, man. You're good, good. Glad to be here. Little, uh, little behind the scenes information. We have been trying to get this thing recorded now for a couple of weeks, and we've had some internet issues. It seems to be on my end, but we're excited to get this up and rolling. But the most important thing that we got to do right now is we got to kick this off the right way. So if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see. If you're listening on your phone, you're going to hear it. Ready? One, two, three. That's not beer. That's a white trash monster energy drink. Because for those of you that know Jason and myself and you've been listening to the podcast that I've, that I've ran over the years, I'm usually starting the show off that way. So not alcohol, but it is some uh, liquid energy to get us through the day. Jason, this is uh this has been something you and I have talked about for years, man. So we finally get to start this this podcast. And I'm taking the hosting duties to start the first couple just because most people are familiar with me. Uh, real quick backstory. If you don't know who I am, I own Fat Muscle Project. Um, I'm a diet coach with Team Gorman, and I've ran numerous podcasts. Uh, the TNT podcast back when I was with First Form way back in the day, it seems like that was kind of forever in a in a life ago. But I ran that and we had 80 episodes there. And then I transitioned over and we still have Elite Physique University with myself, Kayla and Jason Theobald. And that's still up and running. So a lot of you, a lot of you listening now have, have came over from there to listen to what Jason Wells and I are going to put out. But man, we've talked about this for quite a while now, man. And, and you've been in the fold since, let's, let's talk a little bit about you. You've been in the fold since like 2018 is when you came on as a sponsored athlete, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Um, man, it's been a while, like since we started, like one of the original ones, but yeah. Yeah, you have. Um, and that was back when we were just a company. and we're going to get into your story a little bit about you, um, and just kind of lay that out. But the first thing is a lot of people always ask both of us, right? Cause we're both diet coaches. Um, you own two gyms now. I used to own two anytime fitness. It's like, we've got a lot of the same stuff in common and we get people ask us all the time. What is fat muscle? project and and it's something that you know we'll have leslie on she was a co-founder she helped us start this whole thing her and myself and my son jay but people ask all the time and fat muscles obviously if you're listening you know it's phat that's the good fat right not fat fat but yeah. fat muscle project is is literally everyone's their own fat muscle project to where they're trying to become their best version of themselves whether it's you're the perfect, you know, host for this thing, the perfect co-host, because we're not all physique enhancement athletes. We're not all just dieters. Right. So like, this is something that was kind of near and dear to you when you first heard about it. Right. Yeah, it was um, really, I mean, like, you know, it resonates with me, like everything we've done, you know, I mean, I got, you know, brick by bricks kind of been my motto since we put on a t-shirt five years ago. Yeah. You know, it, it that was probably something, you know, when we were doing apparel, we, we, we came out that first, you know, hashtag brick by brick. And like, I don't know why, but and it, it resonated with me because that's really what we're doing with fat muscle for me anyways. And what I see is it's people building a better themselves, a better self, you know, brick by brick, you know, where it's, you know, we're not all genetically elite people, you know, and we got some fat muscle, you know, family that that they are, you know, that's oh, all yeah. they're still trying to better themselves too. But it, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a group of people to me that are just looking to get better tomorrow than they were today. And, um, you know, and it creates an atmosphere and a family atmosphere where we're all, you know, we back each other. It's, it's pretty awesome, you know, cause that's really got what got me through my transformation was you know, the fat muscle army, man. It's just those people, you know, they, they, they see what you're doing and you're inspiring them. And then there's people that went before me that inspired me. And that's what it's all about. 100%, man. I, I, I couldn't say any better myself. And you, the whole idea kind of spawned from, you know, as a diet coach, I'm, I call myself old man Gorman over here, because if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it's I'm a little grayer, a little less hair on top, but I'm kind of old school. I've been in this for a while, even though it's only been 15 years. That's a long time because a lot of you see a lot of coaches, they'll stick around for a while, but it just becomes really tough. And they, they kind of they go off and they do other things and that's fine, but I've kind of seen it all. And what I would notice is my clients over the years and the people that I interact with, they span this whole scope of different people, whether it was just weight loss or whether it was bodybuilding, elite bodybuilding, competitive bodybuilding, or just people like me that just love physique enhancement. And I geek out over it. 
So this podcast is going to encompass all of that. You know, whether you're competing, even if you're a coach, you're going to find tremendous value in this podcast because we're going to, we're going to like today we're doing a Q&A. We're going to problem solve a lot of the topics that we've learned from. Mostly, Jason, we've made so many mistakes over the years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just part of it. And I think that's where a lot of coaches, I think a lot of clients probably where they end up quitting because a mistake happens. And instead of figuring to work around that mistake, they, they just, they quit. They, they think, well, I failed. So I'm, I'm done. Yeah. And I think that um, part of this, you know, our podcast is, you know, obviously we can share some of the mistakes we've made or that you've made over your 15 years or me in my short time of five years, you know, doing this. Um, and maybe help somebody avoid those mistakes or maybe how to work around, how to get around those mistakes. Like it, it's just going to, it's going to happen. I mean, it's a, I don't care what business you're in, you're going to make a mistake. I mean, yeah, it's, it's just what it is. And, and we're going to go there as well. Like this is not just going to be about physique enhancement. We'll talk about business uh, because we're both entrepreneurs. We're going to get into you real quick. And this is a time, man, I, I hate feeling like we're tooting our own horns, but we've got to at least talk about, who we are, what we own, what we've done. And real quick, because there's going to be people listening, they're like, who, so who's John Gorman, for example, I've been a diet coach with competitive bodybuilders for a long time. I've competed myself. I've done powerlifting meets, but really I, I just kind of find myself as a nerd. So I, I usually just give a quick intro when I speak. Um, I've been doing this, like I said, since two, 2007, I've got competitive athletes that are getting close to almost 500 total wins since I've been a, a coach, which is, which is pretty cool um, not to try and be someone who's bragging, but it just is what it is like numbers. They don't lie. I don't know of any other coach that has that that's tracked it. There, there are coaches out there that have that, but I've tracked every single client that's ever competed and it's on my team Gorman Facebook page. So that's kind of, that's kind of a milestone that I'm coming up on. I think we might hit it this year. So I've got a lot of experience and everything I've done. It's, it's all been learning from failure and experience and finding better ways to do things. You know, Fat Muscle Project, obviously, I, I own that. I do um, own the Physique Summit Conference with Cliff Wilson. We've been on a short hiatus just after COVID hit, but that is on its way back and numerous conferences like Elite Physique University. Mm-hmm. And I've written four books. Uh, three of those have been bestsellers on Amazon. So it's just kind of me in a nutshell. Like, I, I like to do a lot of different things. Podcasting is one of the things I love because I love to educate. So this to me is kind of like the online classes that I do or the conferences. You get to put out good content and you just get to help people and, and problem solve. And that's that's a little bit about me. But let's talk about you, Jason, because like I said, more people are going to know me from listening to old podcasts or I've just been around longer. Let's talk about your story. If you don't mind, take people back to the beginning, your starting weight and kind of where you and I started. Yeah, so uh, January 5th of 2017, that would be the day that I started. Um, that morning, I weighed 455 pounds. Big boy. I had, um, you know, the, the Thanksgiving before, actually the day of Thanksgiving, um, I had a gout attack. And, um, you know, growing up, I was always a, I was a decent-sized guy growing up. I, I played sports. I was very active, even at 455. But, you know, my dad's a big guy, and uh, – I just remember when he started having all his health issues, gout was the very first thing that ever happened. And my whole life, I've told myself, I had time. I had time to change. I had time to change. I mean, you know, I was 37 years old, and I had that gout attack. And, man, it, it shook me. Like, I know gout's not a huge thing. It's not a major health implication, but it shook me to the core. That's scary, man. It was. You know, so I go to the doctor, and, and, you know, that probably thing was is I don't even know if the gout – was the biggest thing that shook me to the core. Like it did, but when I got on the scale at the doctor's office and it read 456 pounds, I actually looked at the nurse and said, hey, your scale's broke. <laughs> You're like, uh, nope. And she's like, no, you know, and, and this is where, you know, you'll probably hear us talk about like the medical field eventually someday too in our podcast is, you know, I meet with the doctor and she's talking about the gout. And I'm talking about weight loss, you know, like, hey, what the hell with the gout? What do we do about the rest of us? Like, yeah. and you know, her response was shocking it was hey your blood work looks great so you can be healthy at any weight and in my mind i'm going not until you have a bad day and a heart attack and you're dead yep. you know i had two little ones at the time you know my boys were little little at that time and um so i told her i said you know i understand well i thought i understood the workout process and uh, but i didn't understand nutrition and um so she set me up with a nutritionist there at the hospital 
which I literally spent about seven minutes in her office. She gave me a pamphlet for a diabetic diet, even though I'm not diabetic. Basically told me, watch your carb intake. Don't worry about tracking anything else. Once a week, go have a free meal. And that was my diet. Yeah. You know, but she did have me track my food for a week before I seen her. And it was very eye-opening. I really didn't eat that much food, but I was drinking 10 to 12 Mountain Dews a day. You know, Lots 20. of sugar. So you're talking like 3,600 calories a day in sugar. Um, and she's like, hey, why don't we cut that back to one or two? And I was like, I'll just quit drinking soda. Like, it's whatever. And she's like, yeah, most people can't do that. And I'm like, well, I'm not most people. So, yeah, she doesn't know you, does she? Right. So uh, January 5th, that's the, you know, I met with her on the 4th. The 5th, I started. I, I literally had, because my wife likes to buy things in bulk. So, like, we had, like, seven cases of Mountain Dew out the fridge, out my, out my garage. <laughs> and I literally, I gave every one of them away. Like, I just called my friends up and said, hey, I got this Mountain Dew. Come get it. You know, and I went to Sam's and I bought a bunch of like the ice waters and the flavored waters and, you know, unsweetened tea. And that's what I started doing. I started doing that. I, you know, I hadn't started drinking monsters yet. Uh, we'll get into that someday. You're welcome. You should have that started. Uh, you know, and, you know, that first 30 days, I dropped 27 pounds. I was working out three days a week. Uh, no rhyme or reason in the gym. Like you just showed up three days a week and you did whatever you felt like doing. You know, I wasn't doing a lot of cardio, maybe like 10 minutes on, on the, you know, walking, you know, but when you're 455 pounds, 10 minutes on, on a treadmill, it's going to make you sweat. Yeah. It, it, you know, your heart rate doesn't take a lot to get up when you're that size. Um, but then I hit the wall, like um, I lost about 32 pounds total and I was just stuck. Like it wasn't going anywhere. And my niece uh, was one of John's. Uh, one of one of your first clients, I believe. Yeah, uh, Jesse Jesse Wells. Yeah, and uh, so uh, you know, I've been picking her brain, saying what do I need to do, and you know, she's like, "Well, go to some superstore, get this protein, do this." And then one day, she's like, "You know, you ought to just call John." And my reaction was like, "Man, he looks grumpy all the time." <laughs> and she's like, "He's not." You know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the first thing I think, next thing was like, I'd always known John as a bodybuilding coach. You know, so she's like, no, he's a diet coach. You know, bodybuilding clients are just some of the clients he has, but he's a he's a diet coach. So I reached out to John and, uh, you know, he took me on. Um, and actually, at the time, you really weren't taking clients. Uh, you took me on because I was Jesse's uncle. Right. You know, and, you know, and I, and I, you know um, so we got started. You know, he wrote me my diet. Uh, it was, I remember right now, actually, two, 285 protein, 150 carbs, 110 fats. That was my original diet. And, uh, you know, I went into it, dove in both feet. I was extremely rigid on it. And um, we never adjusted that plan for the rest of the year. And I lost 150 pounds from April 1st till December. Yeah. You know, so let's, and, let's, let's pause right there, if you don't mind, just for a second, because I want to allude to some things that we're going to cover, not on this podcast, but this is this is a perfect example. We're going to have something here for everybody listening, whether you're Jason at 455 pounds, if that's you listening right now, um, or your coach trying to figure out, hey, how do I set this up? A lot of the times you were a little, low, not low carb, but you were kind of moderate to lower carb and higher mm -hmm. fat. And the reason why I set that up was because you had been drinking a ton of Mountain Dew and going through drive throughs and stuff like that. So normally when I start someone off, I have them eating more carbs so they can stick to the plan. I knew your insulin sensitivity wasn't good. And that's a topic we're going to cover in detail. It's something you and I both know a ton about at this point. Mm -hmm. Um but you did, all you did was stick to the plan. And that's the other key thing that I, I tell people all the time. They're like, how do I, how do I do that without you making any adjustments to my plan? And I've got probably a dozen people every year that will get all the way through a dieting period. And I never touch their plan. And they're like, man, you didn't really do much. I'm like, I didn't have to, because we set the plan. The, the two things that are important are setting the plan up correctly. And that comes with experience, right? Well, we'll give you a system to do that. But the biggest component to everything is you've got to be consistent and track your food. And that's not sexy to say, but dude, you were, you were a monster. Like you tracked your food all the time, like tracked it. Like you, right now, out of all the people I've ever worked with, there's two people that are up there at the top that I know do not mess around. And that's you and Matt Holcomb. And Matt's a professional bodybuilder. Like the guy is hardcore. And I would put there up, I would put you right up here year round. You're probably the most accurate person I've ever had track. So that was the other key thing, right? Was it was the yeah, I mean, set it was up a, good, but it was you. 
it was just, it was just, you know, I'm a numbers guy. You know, I'm an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You know, I own businesses like you do. I'm a numbers guy. You know, that's 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 my forte. It's a, and so macros to me was a game. You yeah. know, uh, it was just numbers. You know, it was the way I try to describe people about the macro diet is um, it's like a puzzle, and you got to cut your own puzzle pieces. You know, and um, everything goes as long as you stay between the lines and you hit your numbers, you're good. Now we've learned a lot since then when it comes to flexible dieting. Oh yeah, we want people to eat. I mean, you know, the honest truth is, is I lost a hundred and well, we lost two over two hundred pounds, and I was eating pop tarts and waffles down here every day. You know, it's cool to say that. Was that the healthiest approach? No, but did it get me where I'm going? It did. Did it keep me on plan? It did. You know, because I didn't never felt like I was restricted. You know. Yeah. Uh, I think the the diet plan for me was great because, you know, you had your workout days, you had your off days, and then we always had the refeed on Sundays, which was like a, a treat you always look for. You like you work your ass off all week, and then you get to Sunday, and that's your treat. You know, like you maybe it's homemade pizza. You know, I, I was I was very. You know, if I can say to any of my clients, I tell them, it's like, man, just go walk to the grocery store and look at nutrition labels. You'll be surprised at things you can make work in your diet that's going to keep you on point because of things you like. You know, how many, t- I mean, we search for, you know, all these different pizza crusts that would work. You know, I mean, I mean, you had what, hundreds of conversations. Hey, man, I found this pizza crust. You know, we try them out and make sure that they were a good product or they didn't mess with your gut. I mean, there were so many different variables there, but you know, we found ones that we worked and it worked, you know, we'd have pizza days at your house watching, you know, wrestling. That was fun, man. We make our own pizzas because, you know, you can make them very calorie friendly. Um, And that was probably the biggest thing for me was just going out and researching foods that I can make work. And then I'm also a creature of habit. So like, you know, I meal prep my lunches and, you know, I may eat the same thing for six weeks because it's easy. I don't have to worry about it. I know I like it, you know, um, I was always big about going through Walmart or wherever and looking at all these different sauces and see what the macros are. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd be surprised what you find that, you know, to, to make that chicken taste a little different than what it did last week. You know, that's, that's going to be macro friendly. And those were the things I did that made it easy for me to stay on point. Um, but really it goes back to what you said. We set the diet up right. You know, it wasn't a restrictive diet. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't something that I just hated doing. Right. Yeah. You, you enjoyed it the whole time. And I don't want to, so we could actually spend multiple podcasts on this and we actually are going to, but what I want to do is skip ahead now. So tell everybody that that first kind of run before, because you've just gotten off stage at the world championship. So we're going to get to that here in a minute. Yeah. Talk to people, you went from 455 and then we ended up dieting down over the course of a year and a half, two years, if I remember right, where we reverse dyed you up and you lost, but ultimately you got down to about 235 was your low for just yeah. physique enhancement without you competing or anything, right? It's about 235, if I remember right. Yeah, we got down 235. We, uh, you know, we lost right at 220 pounds is what we got down. And that was, I think we did that over a course of about 22 months is what yeah. I think I remember, you know, and that was, and that wasn't all in a deficit either. I mean, we lost 42 pounds reverse dieting the first time, you know, right. Um, even though I fought your tooth and nail on it, we still, it, it worked, you know, but, uh, you know, it was, um, it was a hell of a journey. And like, you know, and uh, you got to dive in both feet. That's, I guess that's the only thing I can say to somebody is, um, cause the scale's moving. And when you're 455 pounds, you can lose 30 pounds and you don't see a damn bit of difference. Right. You know, I actually didn't notice any physical change until I'd lost about 60 or 70 pounds because there was so much mass there. Now, could I tell my shirts fit different? Yes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you're sitting in front of a mirror and you're looking at yourself with no shirt on, you look the same, right. you know. And then, you know, about 60, 70 pounds in, you start noticing some differences. And, you know, I'm a big fan of taking pictures. I mean, John knows that. I mean, I send him pictures all the time. Um, and then you that's where you really saw the differences. Well, you looked at your beginning picture, to your, you know, your three months, four months in, and you're down you know, 50, 60 pounds, you start seeing those differences. And that's what it, it becomes easier. When you can physically see the difference, it makes the whole thing a lot easier. Yeah, motivation goes through the roof. And I know, so we're going to kind of jump ahead here. You ended, you ended up starting a prep after your off season. We prepped you and you did a couple shows with WBFF, just most recently the World Championships, got you down to 195 pounds, lean, full abs, which is something that it, we've had numerous people 
very respected people in the industry that coach people or own businesses, they've echoed the same thing. It's the most incredible transformation I've ever personally been a part of or seen myself. So I know you've gotten that compliment many times. We're going to talk about what it took to compete, to but really to set a prep up because it wasn't something that we could have just dieted from 455. And like people don't understand, we're going to talk about one of the things that we talk about in future episodes is fat loss and stages because it takes that and how to reverse diet and drop calories and all that. The, the last thing I want you to do just to kind of paint the picture of, of kind of who you are, because we are going to talk to coaches about the business side of things. We'll probably talk about owning gyms and what that looks like since you own two and I have owned two and I've managed them before. Um, but tell tell people what you own because you have numerous yeah. franchises. So uh, I own uh, three Midas automotive repair shops uh, in Springfield. Um, I bought the original two about seven years ago. Um, I opened my own about four years ago. Um, and then I also own two Anytime Fitnesses. Uh, one I bought from uh, Monty Pierce, who was the original owner. And then I bought the second one from John earlier earlier this year, actually. So I have the two in Springfield. Um, I also have a Gold Standard Weight Management, which is, you know, my diet coaching, uh, you know, company that I, that I do. I don't, you know, obviously don't promote that a whole lot, but um, I do have that. And I do uh, business consulting um, on the side just, there's no business, but I do uh, mostly in the restaurant sector. That's where I come from is uh, doing business consulting for restaurants. So, yeah, I mean, uh, how important was that to you getting up to 455 pounds driving around being a, being the food guy, man, you know, uh, it's funny. I think when you're in the food business and you look like that, it's kind of like being a sumo wrestler, the bigger you are, the more they think the, the better you are at it because <laughs> I sold the heck out of food. And I don't know if it was because people were scared of me because I was such a big guy or like, man, this guy knows his food because we'll look at him. So, well, you know, uh, all joking aside, it, you and I were both just down to earth, just love to help people. And that's what this whole podcast is about. It, we're never going to have sponsored ads. We're never going to have people paying to, to have their stuff on the show. It's nothing about that. It's just because if we weren't recording this, we'd sit down and do it anyway. Like we just find a way. We just love doing Q and A's and stuff like that. And that's what we have today, Jason. We've got four good questions that people have sent in to both of us and I'm just going to jump right in and we'll get those knocked out. And that will be the end of our very first episode. So the first question comes in, this, this is a good one. I like this because this applies to everybody. Uh, What are some hacks to help curb hunger or what are some certain foods and i I think we can both throw our our favorite ones out i'll I'll start out there's a couple things that i like to recommend to people that are dieting we'll we'll talk about a couple different sizes so when you're stepping on stage or you're getting really lean hunger is through the roof because the leaner you are the higher your signal is in your body it's it's a signal from leptin telling your body hey i'm not full keep eating and that's it's it's almost like a mechanism to where your body fat's getting so low your body's trying to make it feed itself right mm-hmm. so say hey you're you're hungry hungry you're you're not full so things that will help do that are obviously bulk but there are a couple there are a couple of things that really stop hunger in its track at least for an hour or two and that's to have coffee coffee seems to blunt hunger if you're trying to watch your caffeine, just have decaf coffee. Mm-hmm. I remember multiple times when I used to compete and step on stage, I'd run and grab Starbucks and I get a decaf coffee and it would get me through, you know, I was running around doing stuff with my kids cause I had little boys at the time and I didn't have time to be cranky and tired and starving and thinking about when my next meal was. So I'd sip on a coffee for about an hour and it, that really helped. And then the other one is, you know, a diet soda. We both obviously love sugar-free monsters, but the caffeine starts to really add up with those. And that's something that you want to keep an eye on. You don't want to stim yourself to hell, right? Because it's just going to fry your adrenals. But things like diet soda, and they make some that don't have caffeine in them. Something about the carbonation really helps blunt hunger. Um, So those are my two favorite drinks. And then finally, I've got a food option and it's sugar-free jello. And that's one that I know you and I have talked about quite a bit. Um, now that's something that, that you used for your prep. You use sugar-free Jello, right? I did. I used a lot of sugar-free Jello. Um, obviously, I, I I did the diet soda. You know, I do a caffeine-free. Uh, you know, from a caffeine like Sprite Zero. Um, you know, diet root beer, the caffeine-free or uh, Sunkist makes a caffeine-free orange. Yeah, that's, that's good too. You know, I, I did those. Um, man, I did a lot of like EAA slushies. You know, that's that's a good one. You know. Um, 
if you if you do your water and ice just right, you can actually kind of make it like sherbet. It, that's kind of what it tastes like. It, you can use like the Mio uh, caffeine-free uh, flavoring with it. Yeah. Uh, you know, to change it up. But I did a lot of the EAAs. That was about a nightly thing for me, you know, was, was that. I mean, um, you know, I was pretty good about spreading my food out, you know, um, especially with protein. I know a lot of people get tired of drinking a protein shake at night. You know, I was, I figured out ways to use, you know, our protein, like the, the Reese's from, you know, fat muscle um, to um, make waffles, <clears throat> you know. So there's really, the only thing in it is protein. But outside of that, man, is is Jello. I used a lot of Jello, a lot of EAA smoothies. Um, the EAA smoothies are nice because you can make a lot of volume. It's just ice and water and EAAs and RAAs flavor really well. I mean, yeah. So let me let me explain to people what that is because if they don't know what EAAs are, that's essential amino acids. Um, we make a product called EAAs Plus. Basically, drink it around. It, it's it's almost the same as drinking protein, but it's not, but it's the amino acids that you would get like if you eat or drink protein, right? So it's just all the way broken down. So it doesn't, there are quote unquote calories in it, but it's not something that's going to offset your diet. So if you have a scoop of like, we have blue raspberry EAs or we have sour gummy, you throw it in a blender with a bunch of ice and you blend it up and you can eat it like a slushy, right? Um, and that's, that's what Jason's talking about. That's what EAAs are. So it, it's, it's like eating and drinking something without really the calories there that are going to make a difference. And, and I know the sugar-free Jello, Jason, there's a difference between the 10 calorie cups and the yep. box Jello. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So, you know, Walmart, all of them have the sugar-free Jello cups. I mean, yeah, they're, they're handy, but all those that I found had between five and 10 calories. Well, and the portions aren't very big, you know, like yeah, to me, yeah. they're not like, you know, I'm a big foodie. So, I mean, it wasn't very filling to me, but if you use the box, I mean, you can literally eat the whole box. Yeah. And have know? like, they have literally like 10 calories. Like it's, it's right. hardly anything at all to yeah. eat the whole box, but those little cups, you know, if you're really hungry and if you're a female and you're only eating 1200 calories at the end of your diet, because for some reason the calories had to get that low. Cause there are times that, that, that you have to go there. If you eat an extra 80 calories from jello, like that's, you now you've gone from 1200 to 1280. And if your body's starting to stall, like all those calories start to add up is the point. So the box jello yeah. is one that we found really works the best. Yeah. Yeah. I used, I mean, I mean, I, that was a staple. That was just about an every, you know, I, I'd keep two of two boxes made up in the refrigerator at all times. You know, yeah. as I finish one off, I just made another, put it back in the fridge. So, and the thing with dieting that, that I kind of want to talk about before we go on to the next question is for competitive athletes, getting super lean hunger is something you have to embrace and deal with because you, it doesn't go away. This is just to get some kind of temporary relief because you're not starving. You're about to eat again in a couple, a couple few hours but it just, it's kind of annoying. And if you're stepping on stage, it's just brutal. And that's just part of it for the rest of us that aren't dieting to get on stage. Hunger is kind of part of it. And I tell people embrace it because it, it lets you know it to me, it's a good sign that you're getting leaner and the leaner you get, the more hungry you get. So it's, it's not so much about how much food you are, you're not, you are eating or you're not eating. It's more about your body fat levels and getting that signal that tells your body, Hey, I'm, I'm not full. Keep eating. So it's a good thing. So just embrace it. Um, a lot of times I see the most disciplined people, they can just buckle down and they get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that's just part of it. So it's never like you're starving for a whole day. So it's it's not like you're fasting or anything. That yeah. to me is brutal. I always looked at it like a badge of honor, man. It was like if I was getting hungry, I knew that I was doing my job and, and, and my diet. Like, hey, it's working. You know, this is this part of it. And um you know, the thing too is when you're from a dieting from a show standpoint, from a dieting from when we were just losing body fat, you know, both times you get hungry, but, uh, you know, obviously the prep was a little more dramatic on the hunger side, especially the second show as I got even more leaner. And, you know, I just try to stay busy, you know, and, and in my life, it's not that hard with little kids. And, you know, I run just about every youth sports program there is in the town I'm from. Yeah. So, it, you know, I had things to keep me busy. There was always something going on. Um, or, I mean, I'd mow my yard four times a week just to keep my mind off of food. Yeah. So, you know, this, this next question is a good one. And at some point we'll probably do a whole episode on this. I, I have numerous time on other podcasts 
And it's something I send out to my clients too. When they ask me, I'm like, Hey, listen to this podcast. So the question is, I've been doing really well dieting and sticking to my nutrition plan, but sometimes my weight will spike up and I don't know what causes it. Sometimes it's even two to three pounds. Can you explain some things that may cause this to happen because I'm not cheating on my diet? This is always a battle. It doesn't matter if you're a dieter dieter, and you're keeping track of your scale weight, which everyone should, by the way, because it's still, it's a tool. It doesn't mean you're, you're making progress or not. It's a tool to use. Oh, Jason, we, we, as coaches, we deal with this. I know you and I have dealt with it, but you're obviously advanced to the point to where you don't let it really mess with you. We can kind of drill down and figure out what it is. Well, let's talk about some of the things that will cause weight to go up. Um, you go ahead and start off with a few and then I'll add. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing is obviously get your gut. I mean, digestion. Um, I know for me, if I change foods or eat something I haven't eaten in a long time, or I've, I've done it long enough, I know what foods mess with me, but like, you know, it's weird to say if I eat broccoli, <clears throat> I'm going to be up a pound and a half next day because it messes with my gut. Yeah. You know, that's a big thing. Uh, water intake, salt intake is a big one. You know, if I eat something that's pretty salty, then I, you know, the next day my scale is going to be up because I mean, I'm still going to get my gallon and a half of water in a day, you know, but your body's going to hold on to water because of the extra salt. Um, you know, uh, stress. You know, if I had a stressful week, my weight's going to be up. But here's the deal. Usually at the weekend, I get some extra sleep. By Sunday, it's bottomed back out. So, you know, those are the biggest things for me that always affected my weight was, you know, salt intake, uh, gut, you know, your di- digestion and, uh, and stress. And those those really correlate to your body holding water. Now, the digestion piece, it could be to where you're backed up and you're not going to the bathroom, right? Like you're not crapping. So that's obviously going to cause your weight to go up. Um, but the others really correlate with stress and, you know, to kind of piggyback off stress, normally people are super stressed. They're not sleeping as well. And that's the number one. When I get an email from a client and I see their weight, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's Monday, right? They've slept in all weekend, stress is down. They hit some new lows. Monday, they have to be back up early. They got to go to work. Most people don't like Monday and they, you know, their weight's going to be up a little bit because if you're sleeping eight hours Friday and Saturday and you only sleep six hours Sunday night and you get up Monday, anytime you sleep less than normal, your weight's always going to be up. And it's, it's because you don't drop cortisol as much. So you still hold on to water, but you also get rid of a lot of water during sleep through breathing and just through your, your body temperature um, and sweating out under covers, like you may not feel sweat, but you're getting rid of a lot of water. So to get that extra two hours is huge. I've noticed me, I'll weigh 221 on six hours of sleep. And last night I got like nine. I just needed the sleep. I was like 218. So that'll, t- it, it, my diet was no difference between day to day. The mm-hmm. only difference, because I eat the same stuff all the time. The only difference was the extra sleep. I mean, that's like two and a half pounds that I dropped just by getting more sleep. Um, so that's always a big one. And then obviously, you know, you mentioned sodium, but when it comes to high carb days, for example, Sunday is another perfect example. If you eat more carbs, your body has to hold more water to process those. It doesn't mean that you've gained fat, but you know, I might be 218 at the end of the week. And if I have a you know carb up on Sunday and a refeed or free meal or whatever, weight's going to go up. And if it's, it's a meal that you eat out, you mentioned sodium again. Even if you're even if you're eating out, you're still going to get more and, and tracking your food. For example, if you're someone that can do that, you're still going to get way more sodium than you would if you made it at home. So it's going to always just cause these little influxes. The whole point is you have to be able to understand what's causing them and not freak out about it. Right, right. And I know, like with a lot of my female clients, especially the newer ones, um, you know, when they get to their cycle, obviously mm. automatically goes up. And, you know, and it takes, it's funny because I mean, I could have a client for six months and I'll get an email on Monday on check-in. It's like, oh my gosh, I don't know what's happening. My, my weight's way up. And I'm like, well, it's that time, you know, because, you know, obviously you, you get you know, the client long enough, you kind of have an idea of when they start. When they, right. And uh, especially if they're regular and it's like, oh yeah, you know, but you, it seems like you got to talk them off the ledge. But once they get going, they start to understand it or they'll send you an email and say, hey, I'm, it, it's getting that time. So. But that's a big one for females, you know, is, uh, is when they hit their cycle. I usually, I usually I'll, I'll joke around. Uh, you gotta be careful cause we're guys, right. You don't want to, you don't want to piss them off cause we don't experience this, but we've seen right. it enough to where 
I'll, you know, I'll have a female in her forties and she's like, I, I don't know what's going on. My weight's up two pounds. And, you know, I'll ask her, Hey, how many of these things are you getting all your sleep? Is your digestion backed up? Is your cycle about to hit? She's like, Oh yeah, my, my cycle just started or it's going to start any day. And I'm like, you've been having your cycle for like 20, 30 years now at this point, like every month, like, you know, weight's going to go up. And, and I'm just trying to explain to her, this isn't something we have to worry about. It's just, it's just water weight. It's part of it. Right. And, you know, if I can joke around a little bit, then, then they can relax. You know, I'm like, Hey, like you've been right. going through this for a while now, you know what I mean? Um, and the, yeah, I thought of one more and I think that's probably all of them, unless you think of another one, but soreness from training. So if you're someone that you, you've tried a new exercise or, or just anything new, right. Or you took a week off to deload or, or you just had to travel and then you go back in the gym and you train hard again, soreness in the muscle causes you to hold water to repair that muscle, right. The extra muscle damage. So if you're really sore, your weight's going to be up. I've seen people up two to three pounds, uh, females I'll, I'll typically notice if they're really sore, depending on their size, one to two pounds up guys like our size are, are a little bit bigger, two to three pounds easily that they're up just in soreness. So it's not really, as long as you know that, you know, your weight's artificial and it's just water. I see it a lot. Um, bigger muscle group days, especially legs. That's a good point. I, if I do a really heavy leg day, you know, I may not feel that sore, but I know that if I do a heavy leg day, I'm going to be up a pound to a pound and a half the next day. You know? That's a good point because I I've noticed that over the years, I see a, a, a correlation between training legs and weight being up the next day, whether you're sore or not. And I think that, I think what you said was perfect. It's just a larger body group. I mean, you've got quads, hamstrings and your calves and then if you got glutes in there as well like you got a lot of muscle groups in there that are that are have muscle damage caused that your body has to hold the water um that's a that's a really good point i can't really think of any others there's probably some more but those i think will pretty much get everybody at least on the same page to understand why oh, yeah absolutely okay so jason this is a question sent in for you okay. jason what's the difference for you in dieting for the last five years to lose over 200 pounds and go from like 455 to 235 or the show prep where you went from 235 to 195 like what was what was the biggest difference in dieting for you so in all reality i would say it is when you're doing just like in the beginning you know i was anal but when you weigh 455 pounds even with my clients that are bigger, that maybe not as quiet as anal on their diet as I am, they still lose two to three pounds a week because you got more room for error. Right. You know, um, you know, I didn't have the hunger pains when we lost all that weight because I still had plenty of body fat. That's a good point. Um, when we went into prep, you know, we started prep at like, I think we were at 240 is when we started, you know, that November. And the first show, we were, what, 210, 207, something like that ballpark. I think we got yeah. down to 207, we fed into the show, to, got to 210. You know, the hunger pains were there. But I had to be a lot more diligent about um, what I was eating, how it affected my body, how I performed. Um, because you, you're less calories when I was, you know, we never got below 2,800 calories when I was losing weight, when I lost 200 pounds. Yeah. So that's plenty of food. You know, so I never was hungry. I had plenty of energy. I'd say um, with prep, the difference was was finding foods that gave me a better energy uh, output, just so I could get through the workout, still have a solid workout, without having to, you know, overstimulate myself pre-workout, um, and then being a little more creative to curb the hunger because those were all new things for me. That I didn't have when we dieted before. Essentially, the idea is the same. I mean, you're in a calorie deficit. It's just, it was quite of a much bigger calorie deficit than what I was ever done. So, and then the second prep we did was even different than the first one because we never got above 212. And then we worked out at 195. Well, when I hit sub 200 and the hunger pains, they came on, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's when you had to get real creative with like the EAAs and the diet sodas and the Jello. Um, and sometimes, you know, those didn't last. I mean, I'm, I remember eating a big bowl of Jello, and about 10 minutes later, I was still ready to chew somebody's arm off. Yeah. You know? and, and so you just, you know, I guess prep, I guess in my mind, I had to sacrifice a little more because what I would do, I figured out was if it was eight o'clock at night, 
And I was starting to get hungry. I ate something like Jello or any yeah, slushy, and I went to bed. Yeah. You know, I think um, I think sleep became a little bit more important with the prep than it was when I was losing two hundred pounds. Um, just because the recovery was took more, you know, yeah. I was probably a little more sore. Um, obviously, your energy level is a lot less. So, I think the biggest difference was how I approached my diet, like what foods I ate. And what a lot of people need to understand when you're dieting from 455 to 235, you have a lot more room to mess up on the diet. Not that you're really messed up, but you can be a little bit more lax. You can eat out with the family. When you're prepping for a show and you're going, you're trying to get down under 10%, for example, you and you're only eating, you know, towards the end, I think we got you at like 1900 calories because that's right. where you have to go towards the end. Mm-hmm. You don't have a lot of room for error. So if you're 455 dying 235 and you're just measuring out your peanut butter with a spoon and you're eyeballing it and getting close, you can get away with that, right? Right. If you're dieting for a show and you're off 15 grams of fat, that's an extra 90 plus 45. Like that's like an extra 135, 150 calories that you're off. And your body is so, it's so stalled out because it's trying not to let you do this to it. It's trying to survive. It doesn't give a shit about how good it looks. Yeah, It's it's trying to hold on to all the fat that it can. It's trying to stall out. So those little things will make a a prep. um, It'll put it on the shelf, right? If people aren't super accurate. So that to me too, is from a coaching standpoint, that's something that I always watch for. And that's where I see a lot of people come up short, man. I, I really do. I, I talk about elite tracking. is what I termed it. The people that get all the way to where they need to go are the ones that use elite tracking and they track everything. Yeah. And that's the way I looked at it was, you know, being around it for, you know, obviously bodybuilding for me personally was new, but I've been around you for the last five years and, and right. you're instead of bodybuilders. And, and obviously I've picked your brain, I don't know, millions of times, you know, 10 o'clock at night, we're sitting there texting each other. I'm texting you weird ass questions about, Hey, what about this? What about that? You know, and it's because right. I'm learning, you know, and, um, you know, your body doesn't care. Like your body's built to survive. So <clears throat> in my mind, bodybuilding is you're trying to beat your body's natural progression of what it's trying to do and survive. And you're trying to beat that, yeah. you know, so you're fighting yourself, but, um, you know, knowing in the back of my mind that, Hey, if, if I don't track this and this is an extra 40 or 50 calories, and I'm trying to get that last little bit of fat off, you know, I held a lot of fat in my side, my flanks and my back, you know, um, it's not going to happen, you know? Um, so that was always something for me was I knew to get where I wanted to be. This, this had to be that way. Like, you know, it's pretty heartbreaking if you go from eyeball and peanut butter to weight. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's get to our last question. This is, we're going to kind of stay on this theme. And I think this is good not just for people that might be in the situation that you were in when you're at your heaviest, but if you're a coach, this is going to help you as well to understand the mindset and the process here. So the question is, is for both of us, when dieting someone who's very heavy, what's the hardest struggle coaching someone through that process? And Jason, you can not only talk about that because you've been through it, but you also coach a lot of people now in this same arena. And then I, you know, of course I have as well, especially over the last five years, because once we started put, putting out pictures of, of you on social and you won some contests and things like that, I started to pick up a lot of people that were in that kind of same area that you were in that needed to lose quite a bit of weight. So what's the hardest struggle when you're coaching someone through that process? Really, I think the biggest struggle is this. Most of your big people, me included, have tried every fad diet there is. Yeah. And most of them, actually all of them, they wouldn't be with me or you, have failed those. And so it's a confidence thing. You know, they're always skeptical. I was skeptical. If you would have asked me on January 5th of 2017 that I'd be where I'm at now, I'd laugh at you. You know, because it's a belief in yourself. Most, and and I was a pretty confident big guy, but most bigger people do have a self-conscious or a, you know, a confidence issue because of where they are, you know, and, and, and then you flip that around and they're very impatient. Yep. You know, they want to go from 455 pounds to 200 in, you know, six months or less. And, you know, it's just, it's not going to happen. Not, not naturally. And I think that's the biggest struggle with my clients is, is teaching them the, the patience part of it and, and, and trying to build some confidence into them that hey, if they just follow the plan mm-hmm. and, and do what, what we've wrote out for them, 
they're going to see success. You know, it's going to be, you know, it's a, it's a marathon, you know, it's going to be two pound and a half to two and a half pounds a week. That's what we aim for. And it's a slow process, but you know, you know, you win 10 weeks and you, you've lost, you know, 20 or 30 pounds, you know, and next thing you know, they look back and, and as that happens, you see the confidence level start to rise. And I think, you know, I felt it when I went through it, you know, you start feeling, and then, like I said, when you go back to like I said about seeing the changes, that's when the confidence level shoots up and, you know, and it carried over to, man, that's the thing. If I could bottle up and teach it like that and get them to understand that it, it, when that confidence level goes up, it doesn't just affect your physical self or whatever, but it affects your mental, you know, and, and it affects how productive you are through your day with your job, your family and all that stuff. You know, there, there's everything there's, dieting is more than just a physical thing um it, it's hard to explain that to people and get them to see it because i was a business owner before and you know things like that but if, if they really knew how i felt mentally and how i felt about myself you know my confidence has got better and better and um i was pretty good about masking my insecurities when i was 455 pounds but at the end of the day i was and that's what i see with most of my clients that are bigger guys or bigger females is they just don't believe in themselves, you know, and that's one of the biggest struggles we have is, just, is for me from a coach from that point is getting them to believe in the process. Yeah. You know, one, one thing that I can, I can say from coaching people, the most successful people that I have seen is when they have not just supportive people around them, but the most important thing to have around is if possible. And that's why we hold like a lot of events and stuff. Like we have the fat muscle Academy coming up in January. I haven't, put any of that out, but it just finalized today. Like we have the dates for our conference, but it's for everybody, right? So, you know, if a 455 pound Jason wanted to show up and be around everyone, that's what Fat Muscle Project is. And the, the reason I bring that up is not to plug us, but to say, if that's you right now listening, or if you have a client, get them involved being around other people that are driven. It doesn't matter if someone's a bodybuilder. Listen, this is all bodybuilding. It doesn't have to be competitive bodybuilding. Like 455 pound Jason became a bodybuilder, not, not to step on stage, even though you did, but getting around those people helps keep you motivated because Jason, I remember I owned the gym at the time that you now own, and it created an atmosphere there when you joined that there was a lot of people that wanted to jump on and lose a lot of weight because they just, they kind of linked arms with you and they're like, let's fucking go. Like I'm part of this. And, you know, the biggest catalyst for me, one of the biggest catalysts for me was joining that gym because obviously the gym on Republic Road that you owned is very bodybuilder eccentric because yeah. it's yours, but like just the trainers that are there. I mean, there's a ton of really fit people that go there. And, you know, what's funny is that when you walk in there at 400 pounds, it's intimidating because you're one of like two people in the whole gym that's not fit, you know. But what I found out is those people are cheering just as hard for you yep. as anybody else. And they're watching you and they're watching your transformation. And man, it was every day somebody come and go, man, you're killing it. Like, you know, or you're looking jacked, you know, and those things, man, when you're a big guy and somebody comes to you and says, you're looking jacked, dude, that's a huge confidence builder. Yeah. Maybe you want to go harder. Maybe you want to go harder and harder and harder. And then you get people that are watching you that are where you started. that are coming up to you and they're asking you questions. And man, that's huge confidence builder. Cause it's like, Hey, I'm making a difference. You know, yeah, it's, you. it's one of those things to where it just, it's nice. To, and people don't realize you're not going to go in there and get judged. Like people that are in shape, there's a lot of people that are in the middle. Like they're still, they're not totally in shape, but they're still on that journey. No one's looking at you in a disgust. And that's a misconception, especially females. Unfortunately, they get a lot. They think everyone's watching them. They're not, they're in there focusing on themselves. Just come be part of the team. Like if you're in the Springfield area, just come to the gym. Like they can come check your gym out and see oh what it's God. about. But it's nice to be around people that are motivated and driven. It's not egotistical. And I know one thing when the gym was mine and now it's yours, we've done a good job is we make sure that culture is there. You're not going to see like a lot of the Globo gyms from back in the day. Like, it's just not like that. Now people will join gyms like that, not know, but there are good ones out there, I guess is what I'm trying to say. There is, yeah. Now we work hard on the atmosphere, making sure it's a very um, positive and, you know, everybody cheers for everybody there, you know, and, you know, I get messages from my members about other members like, hey, this person's killing it. Like, you should go talk to them, you know, and give them some encouragement. You know, that, that's you. You know, you got other members that, you know, they're members and like all my members are what I consider family and friends. But maybe it's somebody. Most of them are people that I talk to on a regular basis that just sent me a Facebook message or Instagram message saying, hey, 
this person's new to the gym, but they've been killing it. Like you should, you know, you should go hook up with them and, you know, talk to them, you know, and I, I always make a point to try to do that, you know, uh, because it's, it's just, it's just part of it. And it creates a, a warming atmosphere at the gym. I don't want anybody to think that they're being judged because I guarantee you're not. I want to uh, go ahead and wrap this up. I do, but I also want to talk about some of the topics and guests that we're going to have coming on. So I've got that list pulled up here. So just to give you an idea of some of the topics we're going to talk about coming up, we're going to talk about the mentality of dieting, how to set up your diet, which would be great for coaches as well. What kind of training approach is right for you and how to select that muscle building hacks, uh, fat loss hacks, refeeds and cheat meals, fat loss and stages, uh, starting fat muscle. And we'll go behind the scenes. That will kind of be a fun little, uh, we'll probably have Leslie on for that. Um, the nitty gritty on being sponsored. So if you're someone that's ever curious about that, we'll talk about that in detail, advanced supplementation, fat loss, stall, fat loss stalls, science of carving up, how to maximize your coaching business. And then we'll, we'll talk about the whole story of going from 455 to 197, 195 for you. And we've got us, we've got such a good coaching staff. We've got people like, and I'm going to leave a bunch out because we've got 20, but just give me an idea of some of the people we'll have on. Obviously I mentioned Leslie, Leslie, little badass, everyone that knows her, she's going to be awesome. Cliff Wilson, one of the best coaches in the entire world. He's one of our sponsor coaches, business partner of mine, Pete Fitchin, Jace Lopez, Tony Andinoff. A lot of people in the St. Louis area love him to death. He'll be on as a guest. We're going to have a lot of coaches on. Jacob Cleston's actually runs Fat Muscle. He's a dietitian and a coach. We'll do lots of Q&As and cover lots of topics. But, man, I'm really excited. This has been a first, a fun first episode. And if you guys need to contact us, just look in the show notes anytime that you listen. You've got my email. You've got Jason's um, links to contact us or see anything that we talk about on the show. But send in. If you ever want to hear a guest or have a question, send it in. And if you want to be anonymous, we can do that as well. Uh, but man, this was a fun uh, first yeah. episode. We're going to be dropping these every every couple weeks or so. Cool. Got anything else that you want to talk about? Or are you uh, I'm good. Ready to go eat the next meal? I'm ready to go get my uh, next meal in. So I'm right there with you. So for myself and Jason, we'll see you guys on the next one. See you guys.